Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Ken Mauer, Scott Foster, Joey Devine, Tony Brothers, Bill Kennedy, Sean Keane, and Malloy. guest Bradford Marsalis and now the host of Brown Ball Rock temporarily Joey Devine hi it's me your temporary host of Brown Ball Rock Joey Devine and I am here with my very good friend my permanent co-host Sean Keen Sean how are you I'm good I'm good yeah, you've been enjoying the finals. I've been loving the finals. Um, I should say right off the top before we get into stuff. Uh, we were on Take It or Break It with Corbin Smith last week and forgot to put it on our own feed. So uh, if you were looking for more Round Ball Rock, listen to Take It or Break It with Corbin Smith. Yeah, we'll um, have uh, we'll have that podcast on our own feed uh, tomorrow. So you can listen to it before game three of the finals, hearing us talk about game one of the finals. <laughs> um, What's better than that? Also, if you could, you'd really be doing us a favor if you rate, review, and subscribe Round Ball Rock. Yeah. On, to Round Ball Rock on your whatever pod feed you're on. Uh, also, if you want to tell us how to get on other pod feeds, we mm-hmm. take the advice. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Round Rock Pod, mm-hmm. uh, or you can always email us at roundrockpod at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, we get pretty good emails, other... I would say. Yeah, is there any other business I have to take care of, Sean? I'm only the temporary host. That's so true. I'm not very good That's at this true. Um, <laughs> we've kind of abandoned the Facebook page for the show because uh, we have all our all our data was going to Russian podcasts. We're like, yeah. come on now. We are releasing a 30-second uh, commercial during Game 7 of the NBA Finals where we apologize for abandoning our Facebook feed, though. Yeah, yeah it'll be really good. Um, so, <laughs> listen to that. Um, That's what the NBA Finals are about. Corporations sort of sort of <laughs> apologizing. We have, I mean, we're up to three, is that right? It sort of seems like uh, that's kind of what uh, America is about now. Yeah. People sort of apologizing. Yeah. Like, people fucking love apologies, dude. (laughs) 
Like, that's all they want. They want it from their comedians. They want it from their corporations. Mm -hmm. They want it from their president. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They want it from their football league. Yeah. (laughs) They're just like, give me more, more, more apologies. Nom, 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 (laughs) nom. I don't want to enjoy anything. I want to apologize. <laughs> no, they. I only get joy from when the corporation apologizes. And then mm-hmm. I get to say, like, wow, what a great job apologizing by this person here. Yes. Very big. Give me that. more apologies. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see, like... I think Wells Fargo in particular needs like a like a more sniveling apology. I think because they still have like a, like oh the old West that when we were great and it was like Wells Fargo was probably doing horrible horrible things in the old West, right? Oh, one hundred just awful don't, like don't definitely you think they were murdering like people. The Pinkertons. I'm sure they did. <laughs> I mean, how many how many fake accounts did they open for people? Like ten million. <laughs> Oh man, so crazy, so crazy. But yeah, I want to uh, see like I want to see like a teller just being like, "We're so sorry. Please don't go to a credit union. We won't do it again." <laughs> All right, should we talk about the NBA, Sean? I guess. <laughs> This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Our first piece of news is Adam Silver says the NBA is going to introduce a challenge flag for coaches at Summer League. Does anyone want this? First question. (laughs) What I thought was interesting is like, people are like, that's a good idea. But um, it's kind of also the situation that people were the maddest about in game one of the finals where the refs did go back and reverse a call correctly. Uh-huh. And it was like, this is the worst thing we have ever seen. It's right. terrible. Like that play would absolutely get challenged. Yeah, and Maybe reversed. Every, like, block charge, every block charge would get challenged. It seems like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Oh yeah, more pauses in a basketball game where more, refs are more reasons for Jeff Van Gundy to like bitch. Uh, That's the prism I view through everything now. Yeah, every time there's a ref thing, also that that ESPN for some reason is like, huh? There's a moment of doubt for officiating. Let's go back to Steve Javi, who's been spray tanned, but he hey. still looks especially sad. <laughs> hey. hey, hey. I, look, I'm not mad at Steve Javi. It's hard to make, like, to be mad at, like, a political prisoner, That's which true. is what he basically is yeah. at this point. He, he's not allowed to leave that room between like, April and he, mid-June. He's like old boy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm so curious, like... Is there a focus group, or is it just like one weirdo at ESPN who's like, you know what the cra- you know what people want? A replay official being held against his will, <laughs> agreeing with the referees on the floor no matter what happens. He's also unwilling to challenge Jeff Van Gundy. So there's been a couple plays where Van Gundy's like, "Can you believe that? I don't understand how that's a foul." I'm watching this every game. All I get obsessed with is the refs. So they go to Steve Javi, and he's like, well, by rule, that that was a pretty good call. It's kind of hard to, to say that. Good job, refs. So you've got this combination of Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson like competing to give the best rim job to whatever NBA coach they're talking about. Steve Javi just agreeing with the officials every play. It's like... There's a weird, like, propaganda engine going with those NBA telecasts. Look, I think I'm the NBA doesn't happy. like it, I would say. I'm just happy Steve Javi's family gets to see him as proof that he's alive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Once, once again. <laughs> um, it's also like, like, 
what a weird decision to just be like, you know, we NBA rules are so complicated that even though we have two we have a former coach who coached for 25 years mm-hmm. and a player who played for 15 years and coached for three when he wasn't getting extorted by a stripper. Um, mm-hmm. But that these guys can't handle the NBA rule book by themselves. Right. Like it's, I understand when you have a football guy because like NFL rules are so complicated and like, there's actually stuff to explain, but with the NBA, it's like, yeah, the guy was moving when he hit a guy, or he was standing still when he hit a guy. Like, like right. there's a lot of like very clear boundary lines. Like, it's not. Here's Although I did learn, I did learn. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Who would be better? Which would you prefer, Sean? Would you prefer <laughs> Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy, uh-huh. or? Two dads complaining about traveling the entire game. I would take the dads. Like, at least so they wouldn't too. be like, self righteous <laughs> about it. <laughs> now, granted, I did. Um, I feel like Van Gundy is is kind of okay when Mark Jackson is not talking or engaging with him because I really did enjoy him again pushing mandatory sippy cups for people in the front row. Sure. That that was very funny to me. Although I guess I don't think he's heard of a straw. That's what that that's what that well, says to me. No, he wants the top so the drinks don't spill. But yeah, but when a, people a, go flying in. But can't you just put a plastic lid on it and a straw? That's the adult version of a sippy cup. Right. It doesn't have to well, be like something you wrap I, your lips around. I I mean, if you drop a cup with a straw in it, though, there's still a pretty good likelihood that it's going to spill. I just, I just like, like a sippy cup. I mean, I'm into any time we can shame people rich enough to sit courtside. Oh, so you know I'm what? with JVG okay. on this. All right, I'm into the sippy cup thing. I do, yeah. I did enjoy <laughs> him advocating for it too. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. Oh, the other thing is that, um, if those guys don't know the the rules of the NBA, which which we've realized if you've been on Twitter the last week. No one has any idea what basic rules are. Like, yeah. there was somebody who was complaining that Clay Thompson ran out of bounds and then caught the ball again mm-hmm. and just basically compared it to an NFL rule about punt returns that just right, doesn't exist. Rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes uh, you get pushed out of bounds because the court's not that wide. Right. And um, <laughs> not to talk about George Carl. Yeah. Real quick. But George Carl, very specifically, when he was in Denver, would have an offensive set where Costa Kufos would just stand out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, because people would just forget Costa Kufos existed. And then, and then, then he would like step in there. bounds and get a dunk. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even what they were talking about. It was that Clay Thompson stepped out of bounds and then stepped in and caught the ball. And people were like, you can't be the first one to touch the ball after you come in bounds. I'm like, what? Like, have you ever watched <laughs> basketball in your life? And even that, again, unprecedented block charge reversal is absolutely in the rule book and administered correctly. It's just that like people don't actually like. I feel like we're in this age of. If I didn't personally know or experience something, it's probably wrong. Mm-hmm. And you'll even see that happening on, you know, my favorite thing is when someone will post like a very thoughtful, in-depth, in-depth article. And the first comment under it is, oh, great, you didn't talk about this. And then the writer's like, there's like four paragraphs about that. And then the guy's like, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. I just went from the headline. Um <laughs> Anyway, Jeff Van Gundy, your fake news. So, <laughs> so here's my question about the challenge flag. Yes. Um, our friend Keith over at Fast Break Breakfast mm-hmm. tweeted. At uh, Fast he, Break Break on Twitter. Yeah, he ranked the coaches most likely to lose their challenge flags. Mm-hmm. And he has, in order, Tibbs, Mike Malone, Fred Hoiberg, and it's definitely Tibbs. Oh yeah, I, he'd like. I feel like he would 
like sweat through it somehow. I feel like Tom Thibodeau has very like wet hands. My question for you though, uh-huh. Sean, is which NBA coach will be the worst at using his challenges? Oh man. Um... Like who is the Andy Reid here? Oh, oh, I thought about this. Uh, Who, uh, this was like, I feel so weird about admitting this, but it was the last thing I was was thinking about before I fell asleep. (laughs) And I actually like almost fell asleep and then woke up again because I was like, who is the Andy Reid? And it's Scott Brooks. Oh, he has so many like parallels with Andy Reid just (laughs) overall in his career. He just happens to not have a heroin-dealing son. That's the main difference. Or maybe he does. I don't know. I don't think Scott Brooks has children. I bet he has kids. <laughs> have you seen Scott Brooks? He, he I mean, he is, <laughs> he is, like, he is a dad, for sure. He, like, either it is has, he either has nine kids or one kid, and that kid is 30 already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's no in right, 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 there. right, right. <laughs> um, One thing I, I really like don't... about his so his Wikipedia entry for his Washington Wizards coaching career is on April 26, 2016, Brooks was hired by the Washington Wizards, becoming the 24th head coach in franchise history. The next sentence is Brooks altered the culture of the Wizards in the off season and met with several players. Somebody needs to maybe update the Washington Wizards section on Wikipedia. I have a regret about this rule. If it gets instated, which, again, I really hope it doesn't, mm-hmm. my one regret will be I didn't get to see how Jason Kidd used the challenge flag. Oh, yeah. He he did not make it... Uh... He didn't make it, uh, no, he's, he's... like, I just imagine him running out of challenges. So he throws a full Coke onto the court. Oh, that would be so great. And be like, I thought it was the flag. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I would have kind of loved, uh, seeing him coach Blake Griffin. I gotta do. Uh, Blake, uh, Scott Brooks has a, a daughter who's like 18 years old. So I was right. He's right. married to uh, his high school sweetheart. He's like, he's an absolute dad through and I through. Could've, I could have told you he yeah, was married you, to his high school yeah. sweetheart. All right, let's move on, though. Yeah. Fuck, fuck the challenge flag. We're anti-challenge flag here at Round Ball Rock. Doc Rivers would, like, hide his in the rafters, I think. It's bad <laughs> news. I feel, like, I feel like Greg Popovich would throw it with such disdain. Like he'd just like, like drop it on the ground. I feel like Greg Popovich would not use it. Yeah, like out of principle. Yeah. <laughs> I could see him like very uh deliberately just like leaving it on the scorer's table. Yeah. <laughs> like like I'm not gonna use this. I don't care. Also, NBA coaches are it's not gonna even be for one thing, like it compounds the problem that everyone was upset about and also Coaches are going to use these way too early, and so yes. no one's going to have a challenge left in two minutes of the game anyway. Um, here's, you know, and I have one more for you, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just occurred to me. Which coach is going to be the first one to throw their challenge flag at the ref? Oh, challenge flag at the ref. Um. Or- I could see D'Antoni doing it, I think. D'Antoni isn't aggressive enough, I feel like. Because even when he's constantly bitching at the refs, it's like... There's like an Eddie Haskell to it, you know? Yeah, he's like, like kind of whiny. Oh, he's a little whiny and sassy. He's kind of like Mr. Smith going to Washington when he's oh. complaining at the refs. It's just a little filibuster. <laughs> um... I mean, clearly Jerry Sloan would have done it game one. Yeah. I yeah, feel yeah. like. I also think, like, like a challenge, like, like, why steal the NFL's thing? I think the coach should have to fire a T-shirt cannon into the crowd. Like, that's, Oh, that'd be tight. That's an NBA move. And then everyone <laughs> would have more fun with it. 
But yeah, we kind of don't have angry coaches in the NBA anymore. Not it's the like same all these like used to. cerebral assholes. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Like Jerry More Sloan yelling. would literally like like <laughs> headbutt refs and stuff. <laughs> all right, is there any NBA coach who would eat a challenge flag? No, we don't really have fat coaches anymore yeah, either. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I, I want mean, the I Raptors see... to get. That that's the that's the in market inefficiency. I Best see... fat coach available. I could see Frank Vogel doing it like accidentally. Like he's holding like a yeah. subway sandwich and the challenge flag mm-hmm. at the same time. <laughs> but yeah. No more angry coaches, no more fat coaches. Yeah, it's weird. It's really I, weird. I have some high hopes for Igor in Phoenix. I could see some like real simmering rage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, let's a follow up to our biggest story of the NBA season. <laughs> uh, the Philadelphia 76ers have hired a lawyer. Uh, I mean, Scott, sorry, a law firm to investigate Brian Colangelo. Even though Sixers fig- Twitter figured out it was his wife tweeting in less than 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, to me, that says they're going to fire him and they want to make sure they don't get sued when they do. But he's yes. for sure getting fired. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about burner accounts real quick, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Um, what NBA figures are most likely to have burner accounts you think uh so besides kd yeah who, who admitted i mean his, obviously yeah um i think ennis Cantor is very likely to have burner accounts see i don't think he has enough shame oh he's just so upfront about yeah like how terrible he is uh chris paul i think chris paul probably has some burner accounts yeah now i'm just picking our enemies um <laughs> You know who I think has a burner account? Who? Uh, the Phoenix, not, uh, sorry, the, uh, the San Antonio uh, Spurs Coyote. Oh, yeah, he's wild. Yeah, because, you know, he's not wearing pants. So he's sending, uh, I think he's sending nudes all over the place on Twitter. He's sliding into those DMs. Yeah, and he's When he gets like, all fucked up. He's using, like, Tor. He's, like, hiding his IP. They're never going to find him. Oh, I mean, have you seen his eyes? That mascot uses drugs. Yes. And so he definitely has used, uh, he's, he's definitely used the Silk Road. Yeah. Uh, and he does not remember his. Uh, he does not remember where he misplaced, where he put the Bitcoin with the change in it. Uh-huh. And he's like, "Oh, I could have been a millionaire." <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Ricky Rubio has a bunch of burner accounts, but he only uses them to compliment players. Yeah, oh, and he's for like, sure. They would feel awkward if they knew it was coming from me. So it's like <laughs> a secret account that's all about like Pablo Cephalosha looks so stylish today. Yeah, he's like, Jose Calderon, you're the best! (laughs) (laughs) Um, But seriously, Blake Griffin has a ton, right? Yeah, 100% he does. (laughs) Would you be surprised if it turned out Blake Griffin was like, uh, like, drill? (laughs) I mean, I've heard he's he's pretty funny when he does stand-up. What if he's Krang T. Nelson? That would be incredible. <laughs> That's Blake's burner account. It's Krang T. Nelson. Uh, I think um, I think Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr are actually the Krasensteins. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Those are their burner accounts. Uh-huh. And Stan Van Gundy is, of course, Louis Mensch. Yes, that's um, true. That's true. <laughs> also, um, you you wouldn't have thought this, but uh, Alan Houston, former New York Knicks great, he's a uh, Arliss fan. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He was probably on our list. Was, right? uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, that's enough about burner accounts. Let's talk about the story I most want to talk about. Uh-huh. 
Uh, it's maybe the greatest development of the NBA year so far. Uh, and that is... Uh, Wait, say that, that. Lead that again. You cut out for a second. Uh, and that is John Wick 3 announced that Boban will star in it. Oh, incredible. Co-starring. I hope he's second build. <laughs> what do you think the plot... What do you think Boban's plot line will be? I mean, you'd you'd think it was because he's like likely to be murdered, but I don't think people would enjoy that. I think. See, I think it's gonna be. I mean, he's definitely John Wick is going to fight Boban. Yeah, it's like a Bruce Lee game of death thing mm-hmm. with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, because it's always fun to watch a guy fight a really tall guy. Yeah. I assume – all right, so you saw John Wick 2, right, John? Yeah. You know how there's, like, hitmen everywhere where it's like, oh, the coffee shop lady's a hitman? Yeah, yeah. Don't you think Boban – John Wick goes to a basketball game and then Boban <gasps> sees him in the crowd? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's an explosive ball or something like that. <laughs> And then they can even say things like, nice shot selection. Or... I just hope that if they just play it at a Knicks game and that John McEnroe and Spike Lee are in the crowd when Boban goes after John Wick. I mean, don't they have to, cu- don't they have to cast Oak, right? <laughs> no, he's, he, not allowed, he's, he's not, not allowed, allowed even in the, fictional, in the fictional Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I would love to see... Uh, like, what if they didn't get approval from the NBA and they had to do it at a big three game? You know what this means, though, Sean? What's that? We are very, we are one step closer to the remake of My Giant starring mm-hmm. Boban. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. <laughs> God, that's incredible. Not, oh, so good. Um, all yeah. right, what other, what other NBA role players would you like to see get star turns in? movie franchises yeah, because it can't it can't be like stars you know what i mean like that's not fun to watch kyrie irving act um i have to think i i, I think pj tucker would be great in a fast and furious movie he's kind of slow <laughs> you know, he's driving a car it's true <laughs> yeah he's just tough you know um i would like to see uh chris Stapp's porzingis uh, mm-hmm. Get a role in Legally Blonde three. That's a plaintiff. Okay. <laughs> um, obviously, Victor Oladipo in a Pitch Perfect sequel. They may have mm-hmm. wrapped up the series, but he has a beautiful voice. He's, He's back kinda, pitches. Yeah, he might be too big a star for this. Um, obviously, I think uh, Javale McGee could be the new transporter for sure. <laughs> He would fall down on so many stunts, dude. I mean, that's what that's what would make him like so difficult to predict. Like, like they're they're swinging and he's ducking the punch just because he like lost his balance because he was distracted by a shiny object. What about? Okay, I feel like this would match his play and general demeanor. And uh, I'm gonna say Rodney Hood as the lead in Manchester by the Sea too. Oh no! <laughs> and he actually he actually accidentally burned down his career when he left Utah to get cigarettes. Wow, dude! Spoiler, wow! Spoiler. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see Ricky Rubio, like motion capture star, as like a talking dog in something. Oh, that would be great! Yeah, but it's his body. Like the, it's he's in the green suit and everything, right? It's his face too. Mm-hmm. You got to get that. You got to get that hilarious, adorable face. <laughs> um, <laughs> could you see any NBA players like in a Marvel movie? I mean, LeBron, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I think it would be. I think it would be kind of tight too if, like, uh, 
you had a Stan Lee cameo, and then it was just like Rudy Gobert blocking him out of the frame. <laughs> All right, should we move on? Talk about Ty Lu. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Sean, this is your story. I'm not really that familiar with it, so why don't you run us through Ty Lu and sugar and anxiety? Yeah, it's kind of like it's a, this whole this whole thing's making me. The last couple of months have made me really like Ty Lu. Uh, he gets he gets too much crap. I gotta say, for a guy who goes to the finals every year. Like, I kind of think there may be a little implicit racial bias in the uh, in the Ty Lu criticism, uh, who is also aging like second-term Obama. Like, mm-hmm. like, his hair's, like, white. It's like he was scared by a ghost on the sideline. <laughs> and that ghost may have been Kendrick Perkins. Uh <laughs> But he uh, he admitted that when he left the team, he was getting he was having a lot of trouble with anxiety, and he like revealed he was kind of a sugar addict, and he cut out all the sugar. It's like a nice it's nice that the NBA is is like like you know guys can can be very open about their mental health issues. It's, mm-hmm. it's refreshing. Although he did immediately apologize for uh, <laughs> for revealing that he had anxiety. For some reason. Yeah. Well, it's... I would have to say... you. This has to be part of the LeBron story that he has hounded his head coach and the best teammate he has into anxiety attacks mm-hmm. by this year. Like, it's, it's not... I know LeBron is a good teammate in many ways, but I do feel like he maybe creates a fairly high-stress environment. Well, hold on one second. If... If Cleveland Cavaliers beat writer and amazing NBA uh, personality Brian Windhorst mm-hmm. is to be, be believed, yes, uh, the Warriors having a yellow court and wearing all yellow sh- all yellow shirts in the crowd uh-huh. is disorienting. He claims and worth four points. I believe he I said think he says four points, and I think it's. I think you get an extra point. When it's inexplicably worn over a collared shirt, <laughs> but and the guys look in the stands and they're like, "Didn't they know they were going to the game? There's always free T-shirts. Why <laughs> you don't even have to wear a tie at work because you're at a startup?" Uh, but so my question is uh-huh. for you: Is Brian Wilmforst has talked about this many times uh-huh. about how he's afraid of the Warriors' color yellow? Mm-hmm. But my question is, is he maybe right? Yeah, like, and is that, that what's causing the anxiety with the Cavs is having to see the all yellow court it's so many times because, a year. Because like uh, basically every time James Harden plays the Warriors in the playoffs, he melts down in the final game like he gets it stolen from him. Well, that's not just the Warriors, though. Well, I just think the yellow, like, he's got a, every year he's got that sea of yellow just driving him nuts. <laughs> it's weird that the Warriors are, like, empowered by it, too. It's like a reverse Green Lantern thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, back to Ty Lue. Yeah. So, uh, uh, anyway, I was, I'm more, great job with, with being open about your anxiety, Ty Lue. But I was, like, more interested in the sugar thing. Mm-hmm. Just because, especially, it just feels so weird that a pro athlete is, like, addicted to sugar because it's your body and everything. But, okay, so not not predicting, but just assuming for this thought experiment, LeBron James is leaving in mm-hmm. the offseason. Doesn't this mean it could be a landing spot for Dwight Howard? <laughs> Like, is that almost worse than LeBron leaving, Dwight Howard arriving? Uh, It's definitely worse than LeBron leaving. But maybe Ty, like, gets him off sugar. Uh, I don't think... You know, like, John Lucas would always counsel those guys who had drug problems and, like... Although, weirdly, Don Nelson helped Chris Mullen quit drinking, which is... (laughs) That seems like... Like, if you... Like if you sent someone to uh, Javaris Crittenden's house for uh, murder rehab, yeah, it's you know like I mean? <laughs> it. I wonder 
It's like when your dad makes you smoke an entire pack of cigarettes <laughs> to make you never smoke again. Yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I I just don't think Dwight's hit his rock bottom yet with yeah. the sugar. <laughs> oh, he, he needs to he needs to get traded again first. <laughs> traded to Cleveland after LeBron leaves. Because, I mean, how long do you think... Don't you think Dwight has, like, kind of put out feelers for a LeBron team-up for, like, almost a decade now? And LeBron's I just like, yeah, not interested. See, I don't think they get along. No, but I just... I feel like that's something that Dwight Howard would have been lobbying for a lot. Just being like, I'm the second best player in the league. See, I think Dwight's too afraid of, like... The Kobe thing ruined him too much. He's like, I could never play with a guy like LeBron. <laughs> no, I just don't want anyone to yell at me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, even James Harden, who does not really... He doesn't Sorry. Seem to, that's all right. Uh, James Harden, who just does not really seem to be that tough on his teammates at all, was still just like, this guy is intolerable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do, I do kind of think, like... Maybe Anthony Bennett would have had an easier time with Ty Lue because they would have been able to go get, like, Shirley Temples together. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't Anthony Bennett diabetic? No, he just had, like, sleep apnea. Oh, he had sleep apnea. Asthma. Okay. One of, one of again, uh, Cleveland, people, I, I sometimes wonder if people, like, just don't remember that Cleveland had three number one picks in the four years LeBron was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because they took Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah. All, wow. It's a weird combination of number one picks. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Sean, you're going to have to go here soon, so I'm going to skip ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the NBA Finals. Game three is yeah. tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. And my first question for you is... Are the Warriors going to lose Game Three? I think. I wonder what the spread is. I think. I think this is the game they are most likely to lose in the series for sure, and it would absolutely fall into their pattern to go down like twelve to two at the beginning of the game. They're only four yeah, and a half. They won. Too, they won by too much. They won yeah. by too much in game two. They're they're going to lose game three. Um, I also and think... they are going to be terrible. <laughs> well, what do you? How how bad do you think they're going to lose? Fifteen to twenty. Wow, I think even if they play bad, it'll be close. But they might lose at the end. I don't think the Cavs are capable of blowing them out. I just, Look, I'm I still sticking. I'm still sticking to this is a six or seven game series, uh-huh. based on how the Warriors they're trying problems. So I th- I think they're going to lose by a healthy margin in game three, and then they're going to lose a close game in game four. Um, I think I think they will do no worse than a split in Cleveland. I just as much as as much as this team. Uh, can be vaguely committed to to effort. Um, I still think their offense is going to be. I, I just don't. I don't know how Cleveland holds them to like under 110 points. <laughs> Seriously, like like I could, but but like I'm not. I would not rule out the Cavs scoring like 125 points either. So, um, I, I mean, here's another thing I worry about. Uh, people have spent the last three days talking about how Steph Curry is the MVP uh, of this series. Yes. And I worry that Kevin Durant, who we know reads everything is like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you who the real MVP is. And it's not my mom. (laughs) And then he is going to call his own number 30 times. (laughs) Every time LeBron James is guarding him (laughs) and shoot, like seven for twenty-five. He was so good in game two, though. He really was. Like, but it was because Steph Curry had the ball in his hand yeah. the entire game. It just—I mean, no, nothing. And you know, Kevin Durant did a really good job of basically turning twenty-footers into like 
13 footers in game mm-hmm. two. Like that was a big deal. I could see them getting into, you know what I think, you know what I think what is the most, uh, if it goes badly for the Warriors, I think part of it will be Steph Curry picking up a couple fouls in the first quarter. Right. And then it gets very Durant heavy and is a little more of a slog. Well, because, and also Clay's ankle bugs him more. Yeah, I mean, he's not, like, better. Because he play, yeah. you, when you play 35 minutes on... I a mean, high he, ankle sprain. <laughs> he has, like, an injury that would normally have you sit out, like, two weeks. Yeah. Uh and Andre's not going to come back until game four, I don't think. But it does yeah, sound like he will right. be coming back. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is like, it's weird to say that there's a trap game in the NBA Finals, but this is it. Like, Cleveland will still be pretty pumped. They're going to want to say goodbye to LeBron. I wouldn't be surprised if the Warriors win game three, but this is like, just like, just like you and I were discussing how all of these factors were indicating... Warriors blowout in game two like like the reverse is now true like it's yeah it's the game the Warriors always ease up it's at home they're in a different place uh clay probably does not have access to the same pot club yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and meanwhile J.R. Smith has his own home bong again and so that's that's worth like five points to him um Um, all right Sean, the other thing I want to do while we talk about the finals yeah. is you have, I think, the best theory about what's been going on so far. Oh. Uh, and it revolves the 2008 Celtics. Yes. Do you want to run us through what's going yeah. on there? Okay, so so in game two, Steph Curry beat Ray Allen's single game finals record for three-pointers. He had nine, um, and uh, I think he... He's like he's probably gonna pass Ray Allen this series for the best uh, career playoff mark. He's like fifteen down. Um, also, Steph Curry got into an altercation with Kendrick Perkins game one. Draymond really made fun of him, um, pretending to be a cheerleader, basically calling him a cheerleader because he doesn't play. He just sits on the bench and yells. That's fairly accurate, even though Draymond did look like he was jacking off two penises at the same time. <laughs> Uh, but also, Draymond yeah. feuded with Rondo in in the second round, and he got mm-hmm. basically destroyed so much that New Orleans couldn't play him. And last year, Draymond just destroyed Paul Pierce's retirement tour by yelling at him, like, they don't love you like that. What did he say? There ain't going to be no retirement card? Oh, you thought you was you Kobe. You thought you was Kobe. Oh, oh my God. Uh so basically, they're just systematically taking out the 2008 Celtics. So even if you don't like the Warriors, at least they are just humiliating on national television one of the most loathsome NBA champions of well, the Well, and Sean, years. you're forgetting. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Warriors have spent the last five years just absolutely embarrassing Doc Rivers oh, every that's chance right. they got. Yes. Oh, yeah, to the point where he's... So upset, yeah, yeah. What, what they they've won like fifteen out of sixteen games against mm-hmm. the Rivers now. Uh, it took Lou Williams. It, t- it took Lou Williams scoring fifty points yeah. to beat them uh, in a game they didn't try. Yeah. Uh, um, let's check what in does with, Clipper Daryl? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what does Clipper Daryl have to say about that? Actually, fire Doc Rivers. Wow. Okay. All right. Interesting, Clipper Daryl. Yeah. No. Well, I love it. Uh, and I should maybe unblock you on Twitter. Not. Um. All right. Um. Another oh yeah, they also I... called Doc Rivers Glenn. Oh yeah. Oh, that's funny. Another thing I want to ask you mm-hmm. uh, is Jordan Bell yeah. last game. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He. Put together a like a, an incredible string of expletives at LeBron James. Yeah, uh, I think he said, "Look, look, cover your children's ears, child fans of, of Rumble Rock." <laughs> I believe he called him a bitch ass, hoe ass motherfucker. He did, yeah. 
Um, and we do know, there is one thing we know about LeBron James, mm-hmm. and it's that he hates being called a motherfucker. Or no, it's bitch, actually. It's bitch. Sorry. He actually it's did bitch. not call him a bitch, right? No, but he called him bitch ass. Oh, bitch ass, yeah, that'll do it. Motherfucker, yeah. he's like, he's like, no, 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 it was, it was my mother that had a consensual sexual relationship with my teammate. You're confused about that. So my question for you, Sean, is uh, Jordan Bell's going to die in Game 3, right? <laughs> I kind of feel like LeBron is going to go after him especially, but also he was kind of doing that anyway. And, like, I guess it, fe- it, feels, it feels like he's really tempting fate, I have to say. Now, granted, he already got elbowed in the back by LeBron. Mm-hmm. So, you know... Um, but yeah, it it feels like a hubristic move for Jordan Bell to do that. Like that's not just tugging on Superman's cape. That's uh like deeply criticizing the style of the cape and the decision to make it. And and also calling Superman a ho ass motherfucker. I do want to <laughs> which is of course Lex Luthor's uh that's what he does. Yeah. Uh I, I do want to mention a hilarious thing Jordan Bell did on Instagram yesterday. Uh-huh. Which uh, an account called Ball God posted a photo of Jordan Bell holding LeBron James uh-huh. with the comment, foul on hashtag Jordan Bell. And then Jordan Bell commented using the the Sponge Mo- SpongeBob weird uh, meme spelling, refs are helping the Warriors. Uh, so that's tight Um, I have to say one of my favorite things about basketball podcasts during these playoffs is that you just have ended up with a bunch of sports writers in their 40s like having to describe a meme out loud and that like even though I always know what they're talking about there's still this idea of like no 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 okay so LeBron's like point he's got both arms yeah. Pointing at Jr. and then underneath, underneath it's like my my responsibilities, and then it's it's in a di- it's in a different font, and like um okay, but then this guy's like releasing a butterfly. I guess it's like an anime or something. It's really great. Just like um, all right, let's play one game and then get out of here. What do you say? All right, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I oh, game... I oh I did want oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I did want to mention. Uh, I do think that, that, you know, LeBron is praised for his amazing memory. Mm-hmm. Like, you can ask him about any play, and he can just, like, rattle off the sequence where everybody was, who passed. Um, and so this is, like, credited as being something that really helps him prepare and adjust to people. But, like, this sounds like it would be just nightmarish for him emotionally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he can't forget anything. So it's like, so you could just ask him, like, "Hey, LeBron, um, what what happened in that sequence when you guys blew like a twenty point lead to the Mavericks in the twenty eleven finals?" <laughs> I just imagined him like rattling off all the plays, and like by the end, he's just crying. <laughs> like every insult a fan shouted at him, and like, yeah, "What happened when you lost?" And it's it's like it's happening right now to him. He's like the Dr. Manhattan of the NBA, basically. <laughs> I was going to say he's like that woman from Taxi who can remember every single day of her life. Oh, that's right. And, like, sometimes you're just like, oh, that, that, some of those weren't great days. <laughs> um, but, all right, this game is called, Sean, mm-hmm. Warriors Takes, Fair or Unfair? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some Warriors Takes that have been flying around on Twitter. Yeah. And we're going to decide if they are fair or unfair. Okay. Uh, the first take is the Warriors are entitled. Um, I would say fair-ish because they, they are entitled. But, um, you know, they they weren't when they started. Like, like, a lot of the guys that are sort of like denounced as like trust fund kids and stuff like, mm-hmm. like Steph Curry didn't get recruited out of high school he went to he went to Davidson 
Clay yeah. went to Washington State. Like, like they're arrogant now, but uh, right. I would say it's unfair when you're talking about like their childhood, but fair in the way they play now. Yeah, I think that's like good. this year specifically. Yeah. Um, but I also sometimes when I sometimes when I see that, I'll also wonder like maybe how much people remember basketball from like ten years ago. Like, mm-hmm. you know the the ninety eight Bulls weren't the number. Like, they went seven games to the Pacers, and people weren't like, "Man, why isn't Michael Jordan crying?" Like. You know, there's there's a certain sense of like, yeah, the Warriors didn't play great in a few games against Houston, but um, you're sort of demeaning the Rockets by saying that. Like, like yeah, they they played a really good team. Sure. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I guess that leads us into more takes. Uh, the Warriors never try. Uh, I think we know where I stand on this one. Um, I feel like it. I feel like uh, the backcourt gives a more consistent and reliable effort than the front court. Yes. My take on this one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And some of that is like, it's like, I know we, I know Clay Thompson and Steph Curry run around a lot and I'm sure it's exhausting for them, but it's not really like for the most part, physically punishing. And it seems like that is where the Warriors like laziness really comes out is their four going over a screen to yeah, block and like not three-pointer. wanting to block out. And so that, that I would say that's like specifically where the effort comes in and like yeah. one dribble jumpers. I'm also going to say fair, fair. Yeah. Um, all right. The Warriors have ruined basketball. Uh, no, the ratings are super high. Uh, like this people is talk about in- basketball all the time. This is incredibly unfair. Yeah. Like, and people <laughs> like the Lakers went to like what? Eight finals in 10 years. Right, that's the thing is Michael like Jordan went every year. Like what, like seven teams have actually won the NBA Finals in the last like thirty years or something like that. I mean, it's like it, also just like I mean, they got very lucky getting Kevin Durant. Don't get me wrong, but like you know, Michael Jordan came back to the Bulls and added Hall of Famer Dennis Rodman. Like I know it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of the same. You know, yeah, LeBron James went to Miami and brought two all-stars and then added another hall of famer a year later it's like you know it's it's kind of how you win oh uh, yeah. yeah like this dates back to like the 70s if not the 60s yeah uh kobe added a uh, hall of famer Pau gasol and the celtics added hall of famer ray allen and kevin garnett um yeah and you know like the the lakers in the 60s added wilt chamberlain to jerry yeah. west and elgin Baylor. like and then there's other situations where like I don't know. Like, like I, I understand. I don't know. Like, like the critique of Kevin Durant individually seems more fair than the critique of the Warriors as a team. And I know he's on the Warriors and everything, but like, <laughs> but I mean, you know, like how fair was it that the Warrior that the Lakers had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and then got the first pick in the draft two right. out of three years? Like, you know. Anyway. Um. All right. Next question. Steph Curry has never had a signature playoff performance. Oh, true, true, absolutely true. <laughs> I think we've talked about this one enough. That yeah. narrative sucks, <laughs> and fuck you. Um, people right. are just like, people, it's just like, there's a certain amount where people just don't like that a guy that looks like Steph Curry is kicking ass. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, next take is the Warriors are weirdly soulless. Uh, this is like a deist take. Like, I feel like this is something that uh, is like an 18th century philosophical debate. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't really. I, for one thing, soulless doesn't mean anything. But also, <laughs> um, like, it seems like a lot of the things people hate about the Warriors are the fact, like, like it is the things they do with personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also like uh, they it it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, Weirdly soulless too. Which, uh, I mean, they're like spooky. All right, uh, Kevin Durant sucks. I mean, kind of fair, I gotta say. Yeah, I think also kind of fair. I mean, he also. <laughs> I mean, rules. definitely fair. He, he also sure. rules, so you know. Um, 
Kevin Durant apparently thinks music is suspenseful. This is a completely fair take of that. Yeah, one hundred percent fair. <laughs> that's because he. What was his quote? He said, "Maybe the finals won't be suspenseful, but that's what we have: movies, fair, and mm-hmm. music. What?" <laughs> but also, we do need to like. Maybe Kevin Durant, like, like in terms of his focus, is just listening to like the Jaws theme over and over again. <laughs> like, actually, I would love it if if his choice was like "Tubular Bells" by Michael Oldfield, <laughs> the, the theme music from The Exorcist. Um, or, or our... what if he was super into John Carpenter scores? <laughs> But only only when Carpenter himself is playing him. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, the Warriors only win because opposing players get injured. Um, and, and like, sort of fair, I guess. Like, like opposing players do get injured a lot. But, like, their own team gets injured a lot. I think like you could everybody... argue that with every NBA champion, though. <laughs> Somebody yeah. always gets injured. I mean, I think it's... I would say at least more than half of the NBA championships have been determined by injury luck either way. Like, you know why LeBron James beat the Warriors in 2016? <laughs> uh-huh. Because Steph Curry was injured. <laughs> well, also, Andre Iguodala hit his ba- hurt his back, and J.R. Smith took out Andrew Bogut's knee. I mean, I'm not going to claim Andrew Bogut was going to help them either way, but, but sure. Well, okay, it would, it would have been fewer <laughs> Festus Azili and Anderson Verajel than in seven. I feel like that would have gone a long way. Even just having a guy who stood still in the middle of the lane. Now, granted, um, maybe a two-time champion, Andrew Bogut, would be even more insufferable. Um, He would be closing down a lot of pizza restaurants in many states. Uh, Yeah, but like, you know, Isaiah Thomas got hurt in one finals, and then the very next year, Magic Johnson hurt his hamstring. Like, Mm -hmm. it just kind of... Also... I'm going to say there's a few differences there because like Kevin Love getting hurt in 2015, that was like a black swan. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Kelly Olenek just like tore his arm out of the socket. But Kyrie Irving or Chris Paul getting hurt in the playoffs, like that happens like half the time those guys are in the playoffs. Right. I mean, like one of the reasons Chris Paul, like, yeah, he got hurt at the end of, of the conference finals, but he also got hurt. Like, he's been hurt in the finals, like, three of the last five years. And the playoffs. He's never made the finals. Oh, or the conference yeah, finals. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what do I... Um, and, you know, like, like that's, not, that's not really a knock on him as a player, but you can't act like it's some unprecedented event, especially when teams like the Spurs and Warriors, like, go after Chris Paul because they know he's going to break down. Or yeah. they, they hope he's going to break down. Right. Um, so it sucks, but it's also like, I don't know. Well, but, Sean, you haven't mentioned the big one, which is what everyone talked about all fucking year. Kawhi Leonard? Which is, yeah, the Spurs would have beaten the Warriors if Zaza Pachulia hadn't injured Kawhi Leonard. And people, like, forgot that he missed the final game of the previous series because of an unrelated thing that happened. Yeah. Like, like, also, he... Also, he that didn't the Warriors get that quite... were way better than the Spurs. Well, did... Like, so much better. I mean, the other thing is, Kawhi Leonard didn't... You know that injury that kept Kawhi Leonard out the entire season this year? Mm-hmm. That didn't happen from Zaza Pachulia. No, that was a different injury. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Anyway, um, somewhat fair in that there have been a lot of injuries, but, like, also it happens to everybody all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the Warriors get all the calls. The refs are working for the Warriors. It's a rig. I would say it's they're... a job. There was We're getting like... jobs, Sean. <laughs> Every team is losing by twenty, and it's all the refs' fault. It's all the refs' fault. Um, you know, I think I think definitely the Cavs. The one play that like the Cavs have a real objection to in Game Two is that one where they threw the long pass to LeBron, and like he clearly got fouled by Clay or Steph or both. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like the ref was also pretty far away, like. I don't know. I mean, it does seem like things have gone their way in the finals. But, uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's... But Steph Curry has also not taken a free throw in the NBA Finals yeah, yet. Yeah, didn't, didn't the Warriors get, like... <laughs> didn't, didn't they call, like, five total fouls yeah. on the Cavs you, in the first half? So it's like... You'd think if the Warriors were... If the refs were working for the Warriors, Steph Curry would have shot a free throw by now. Yeah, and also, let, let me just... Going back to this Rocket series, it was really ridiculous that after Game 7, people were still like, the most important thing was the refs, man. Because mm-hmm. James Harden didn't get credit for shooting a three for a play where the NBA made a rule specifically prohibiting James Harden from doing that bullshit. <laughs> like, they changed the rule in the offseason to prevent it. But, yeah, the Rockets missed 27 three-pointers in a row. That's yeah. not the ref's fault. Well, that's, no, that's the ref's fault. That's the ref's fault. They, they hate... put anti-flubber on the ref's, on the Rockets' shoes. Because the Whatever NBA... the opposite of flubber is. Because the NBA would just hate it if, Jay... if superstar James Harden or superstar Chris Paul made the NBA Finals. What a disaster that the fourth largest metro area in America would have a team playing in the NBA Finals. <laughs> All right, um, Sean. Is there anything you would like to plug? Um, what do I? I wrote something. What did I write recently? Jesus. Um, now just just check out the Everything Report. Will be back next week. Follow me on Twitter at Sean Keen. And uh, yeah, I had a gallery. They'll have a gallery up on Yard Barker about uh, UCB theater performers. So. Oh. Yeah, it's some, some like some deep cuts in there. Um, as for me, I was on uh, Fast Break Breakfast this week talking about the NBA Finals. Please listen to that; it's a great show. And uh, as always, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where last week I tweeted. Actually, today I tweeted. Just found out Ray LaMontagne is playing at Comerica Theater tonight. Oh, boy, I want to go. <laughs> um, I so. mean, he can probably go, I got to say. Like, like, I think I would say he's got he the resources. Go, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> I don't know. He's opening that new business in Oakland. He might be cash poor right now. That's true. Um, That's true. <laughs> Uh, watch the NBA Finals. Listen to Take It or Break It. Uh, fast Break Breakfast uh, as well Corbin has Smith, been real Listen fun. to Fast Break Breakfast. Um, uh, if you run a basketball podcast, Sean and I will do it. If you run a non-basketball podcast, I will do it. <laughs> oh, and we're like we've been we've been like kind of uh, this is this is actually like a uh, a regular thing. If you listen to the show where you're a basketball blogger and you're a a specific fan of a certain team, email us or DM us or just, just hit up me or Joey because, uh, especially in the offseason, we would love to have uh, some team-specific people come yeah. on. So, um, yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, good good, good, good thought there, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we will be back later this week. It's an on-deck week. We should... We might have one of those guys. Who knows? Oh, Jamel Johnson could be an NHL champion by proxy. <laughs> All right. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. Shut it down. Let's uh, watch the NBA final. Let's I- rig the NBA finals. <laughs> rig, 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 rig. <laughs> Z-Dog here, you know who it is, Clippers, they're so ugly, man, DeAndre Jordan shouldn't be an all-star, Clippers are so ugly, they smell like weed, LA is the worst city ever, uh, Joe Johnson is the king of the Utah Jazz, yeah, Clippers fans are disgusting. They smell like they they smell like Popeyes chicken breasts. Yeah, let's go Jazz. Playoffs, baby. Playoffs, baby. The Clippers, you will get swept by my Jazz. 
Clippers are the worst team in the NBA. I don't know why they have to have a coach like Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is a crybaby. His son, Austin Rivers, smells like weed. Clippers, you're so physical, but you're the worst team and the trashiest team in the NBA. But my Jazz are the best team in the NBA. They have their number one fan, his name is Z-Doc. Yo, that's me, that's me, Z-Doggy. Not, not Z-Caddy, but Z-Doggy. Jazz, number one fan, die hard. What up? Clippers like making love to the referees. They don't deserve all the calls. Uh, I hope Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan will leap the Clippers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.